You're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle with Mela Borowski. Thoughts from a Southern Witch. Should have studied witchcraft. Should have learned to ride a broom. So me and my black cat could fly through the skies underneath the moon. It's your resident Southern Belle, Mella Borowski, and you're listening to Bell Book and Candle. DC is an acclaimed ghost storyteller who's been chasing after ghosts his entire life. And when he isn't telling stories, he's researching and investigating the paranormal. And he's here with us today. He's also the host of Hauntingly Yours, a podcast for the paranormal, where he tells haunting tales from across the world. So glad you can be with us today, DC, and I hope you brought some chilling tales with you. <laughs> Why, yes, I wouldn't do what I do if I didn't have plenty of tales to share. Wonderful. So when you say you've been chasing ghosts your entire life, what are we talking about here as a teenager or even younger? Um, so pretty much from the time I was 13 till now. So it's been quite some time. It all started with my grandfather, whom I was very close with, passing away and then appearing to me in the form of a dream um, in which he gave me a message. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And that was when you were 13? Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Okay. Something like that happened with, with my son when his grandmother died. You know, I think it happens more than we realize. His great-grandmother came and saw him that night after she died, and he was just a small child, probably four or so. Okay, interesting, yeah. Yeah, I recall my grandfather died two days before my thir- 13th birthday, so I was, I, I was still 12. And then it was exactly two days after we buried him that I had that I had this dream in which I, I knew it was more than a dream, but I couldn't explain it at the time. And um, I remember, you know, after it happened, I, I told my mom, and she was like, oh, you're crazy. I went to the church, told my reverend about it, and he said, oh, no, 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 you're grieving, you know, you're very sad, you don't know how to deal with this. It was actually my grandmother who kind of put it in perspective for me, because I told her about it, and she said, well, you know, that's funny, you were the last thing that your grandfather talked about before he passed away. Here's a prayer for protection from a book of pagan prayer by Kaiser Sarath. Encompass me about with your protection, holy ones of old. Stand about me on all sides, warding away from me all dangers, keeping away from me all harm. And so it is. Given your expertise in the field, how about giving me your take on why some spirits wind up stuck here on Earth, thereby creating a haunting? Well, honestly, I think there are a number of different reasons. First one that comes to mind, I think some spirits have, it's like almost a 
a punishment that they have to go through or, you know, some sort of retribution. Perhaps they committed too many sins in life when they were alive and now they're forced to wander in the spirit mm. realm. Um, I've actually had conversations with some spirits who have kind of pretty much made me come to that conclusion. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, they've told me that they're alone, they have nowhere to go, they, they can't cross over. So, I mean, I'm just kind of putting two and two together, but still working with that one. Um, then, of course, I think there's, you know, un unfinished business that mm -hmm. binds them here. And if they're unable to carry out that, that task or, you know, that, that mission, they stay here un until it's done. Yeah. And I think some just don't even realize that they're not actually stuck. Mm -hmm. um, that if the right person were to come along, they could very well be given the option. And it's up to them whether they stay or leave and go toward the light or go toward the dark, whatever they choose. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I often get called to clear homes or land um, as a pagan minister of spirits. And there's one time that I went to clear a house. They had bought the house next door where a woman had died mm -hmm. and they had been haunted by this woman. And it turned out that there were plants on her property that she was so concerned that would not be taken care of that that was why she was stuck. She wouldn't leave. And also they were using her home as a storage kind of facility, a storage unit, and she didn't like that. No. And I kind of had to work through this with, with the couple of, yeah, will you take care of this lady's plants, this tree, this bush that she cares so much about? And when they said that they would, that's when she moved on. Interesting. That, yeah, that makes perfect sense. It would totally be me in that situation because I I have so many plants and, you know, I, I always wonder, oh gosh, who's going to take care of all these when, when I pass on? Yeah, it's a real problem, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you put all that time and effort into it, absolutely. Yeah. So what's the difference between a, a ghost, an entity, shadow person, residual haunting, or is there a difference? Well, the way I look at it, they're all they're all sort of interconnected but they still have their own differences okay um and i mean like in regards to shadow people i think that, of course there are a number of different theories um the one i usually go with is you know we're essentially looking at a a spirit who can't muster up enough energy to look how they would have looked when they passed away you know in other words mm -hmm. an apparition so what yeah. you get is this these remnants of what they might look like which appears in the form of a shadow mm. um and i you know i jokingly tell people they're the shadows of their former selves um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah makes sense <laughs> yeah and then you know in in terms of spirit uh i mean I guess it depends on what sense that, you know, they're appearing to us and whether 
it, it's an orb or an apparition, um, shadow figure, so on and so forth. Entity, I mean, we can kind of get into human versus inhuman spirits, mm-hmm. um, which is a whole nother can of worms in my opinion, but yeah. I mean, they are... The inhuman ones are out there just like the human ones, and I mean, they they deserve to be acknowledged just like the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you've had some pretty crazy personal experiences chasing ghosts. Anything stand out you want to tell us about? <laughs> oh, there's there's always there's always a story to tell. Um, <laughs> a true to... storyteller, right there. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. Um, especially when you've been telling tales as long as I have. By far, the most one of the most chilling experiences for me that remains a bit of a mystery uh, is what I call the Swamp Man. And the Swamp Man, again, I don't have an explanation to put with it, but it is a tale that I tell. This was probably about 10 years or so ago now, but my little brother, um, who was in elementary school at the time, he came to me one afternoon and he said, I think my school is haunted. And I said, what? What What are you talking about? He said... I was out back on the playground during recess and I saw what looked like this little boy run into the woods and I went and you know chased after him because I'd never seen him before and when I got to the woods he was gone Mm -hmm. and I thought hmm okay so I I um, convinced a girl I was friends with at the time to come check it out with me um, after the school closed and, you know, we walked back to the woods and it was, I remember it was just getting dark outside and we walked up the hill to get to the woods and when we got there, we just kind of stood there and looked around, checked out the surroundings. Um, there was this swamp right at the foot of the hill that you take to get up to the top where the woods are. And I'm looking at that and just kind of getting familiar with everything. And then her and I walk into the woods, and after a few seconds, I realize it's a cemetery that we're standing in the middle of. And it's all overgrown. There are trees, vines, and stuff all over the place. Well, you know, we're carefully walking through this cemetery, trying our best not to step on anyone. And I start looking at the headstones, and I put it together that it's a World War II cemetery. Um, you know, for veterans who have passed away. And I was thinking, oh, okay. And probably five, ten minutes pass, and then all of a sudden, this blur just goes running past us. And I I remember stepping back and looking as this thing goes by me, and it darts out of the woods, and once it's out of the woods, I see that it's a deer. It's... Hmm not a living breathing deer it's it's a spirit animal and it's this beautiful glowing color and he's just running sprinting you know throughout the the wooded area and out into the open and then all of a sudden he's just gone Hmm. and i could tell it was a male deer i could see his antlers you know his entire body Mm-hmm. Um, and I turned to the girl that I was with and I said, did you see that? She said, yeah, <laughs> how could I not? 
and we were just kind of standing there with our mouths wide open. Yeah. Then we we heard this strange sound, and I mean, when I say strange, this is something you shouldn't be hearing standing in the middle of the woods. <laughs> we heard what sounded like this heavy steel door opening up, like to an old laboratory in a horror movie or something. Mm. And it was just this, you know, awful sound. Yeah. And her and I looked at each other like, where is that coming from? And I pinpointed the sounds were actually coming from the swamp just down at the bottom of the hill. So I started walking toward the edge of the woods and I was about to look down when all of a sudden this man comes rising up out of the swamp. And he's, I mean, levitating in midair. Holy shit. <laughs> but it's like he's, he's like, he's standing on some sort of invisible elevator. That's the best way I can describe it. Wow. But he, I mean, he's levitating. There's nothing there. And I take probably 20 steps back and I look at this guy. He's wearing a black top hat, a black cloak. And he's carrying a lantern. And he, I mean, you can't see anything else oh about him. Oh my god. The lantern's got a single flame in it. And I just stood there waiting to see what was going to happen. He stepped out of the air and into the woods. And then he started walking along the wood line, you know, right along the edge of the woods, scanning back and forth with his lantern as if he were searching for something. Mm. And the girl I was with was saying, can we please go? Can we please go? <laughs> and I said, no, 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 no. I, I have to find out who this is. And I started, you know, trying to encourage him to talk to me. I said, hey, buddy, uh, sorry to bother you. Um, where'd you come from? <laughs> who are you? And he completely ignored me. He kept on walking, scanning back and forth back and forth with the lantern and I got a little more brave I started walking closer to him and I followed him and finally I guess he had enough of me pestering him because he turned around and I thought oh I've done it now but he simply went back in the same path that he took from point A to point B and when he got to that area that he came into the woods from he stepped right off the edge of the woods into the air and then started lowering back down into the swamp and again we heard the 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 heavy steel door sounds and you know i took off running without a moment's notice not because i was frightened which i partially was But I took off running, and I got to the bottom of the hill in like 60 seconds flat. And I I had to know where this guy was going. I got down there, and I started looking through the grass in the swamp, and there was no sign of him. Hmm. He he was gone. There There was no door, no man with a lantern. He had just disappeared at the drop of a hat. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um easily one of the most chilling things I've ever experienced and I and I think it's even more chilling because there's no explanation for it 
their the nearest building was the school, which was probably a good 500 yards away. And then not only that, any any sort of housing would have been probably a good two miles in the other direction. Um, that is so, incredible. Yeah, and the scary thing is. I encountered him again. Wow! <laughs> on another occasion, yeah. in the same place. In the same place. Um, long story short, this uh, the young lady I took with me. Uh, she went and told her best friend, and her best friend insisted that I take her so she could meet the swamp man. <laughs> and I'm thinking, why? Okay, but I agreed to it, and we went there. We started looking around. And then we heard what sounded like somebody running through the swamp. We're just we're just standing at the foot of the hill. We hadn't even gone up into the woods, and we heard somebody running through the swamp. It's pitch black outside. We can't see anything, but the grass in the swamp is moving. You can hear it. And I I step forward. I start moving the grass around, looking, and all I see is the lantern. And the top hat running toward me, full steam ahead. Oh my goodness! Yeah, needless to say, I didn't stick around to chat. Yeah, I was about to say, did you stick around for that one? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> did you ever yeah. do any digging to see if there was any history that would explain that? Yeah, nothing that I can say that's concrete. Yeah. Wow. I mean, the the overall sense that I got was he's some sort of protector. He's mm. there. I don't know if he's protecting the cemetery or mm. um, you know just the property as a whole, the swamp even. But I got the very distinct feeling he's there looking after something, and we weren't meant to be there. Yeah. Wow. That's so incredible. Well, I'm from South Carolina, so my focus is on Southern ghost tales when I lead tours and when I tell stories. So do you have any favorite Southern tales? I know you tell stories from all over the world. Oh, yes. Well, I, I'm actually from uh, Virginia, and okay. I, I'm also a, go- a ghost tour guide. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, again, I'm, I'm full of stories. Um, <laughs> I guess I would I would say probably tales from my hometown of Matthews County, just because they're so glorious um, mm. in terms of the the spook factor. And some of it's folklore, of course. Um, you know, old yarns that people have spun yeah. time after time again. But some of the things that have happened to people there are absolutely downright chilling. Hmm. There's one tale in particular I always think of. Um, there was an older gentleman back in the 1920s uh, named Jesse Hudgens, and he lived on the outskirts of what what's called Old House Woods. Old House Woods is this 60-acre patch of woods that's haunted by pirates and British redcoats, knights, and armor that are nothing but pure skeletons, headless animals, witches, and there's even a storm woman that rises up above the treetops clad in white and wails to all the uh, watermen that are out fishing and dredging for oysters in Chesapeake Bay 
and warns them of impending storms. Jesse Hudgens was sitting outside on his front porch one night when he saw what looked like this lantern light right out in front of the woods. It just kept going back and forth, back and forth across the front of the woods. And he thought, okay, well, that's odd. Who, who could that be out here at this hour? And he, he got up off the porch and he got on his horse and he went over to investigate. And when he got to the woods, there was this guy standing there from head to toe dressed as an English knight. Armor, the works. He was even carrying this big, big, big lantern. And he, he had his back turned to him, though. So he said, hey, buddy, what are you doing out here? <laughs> All of a sudden, this guy turns around and the lantern is no longer a lantern. It's a sword. And it's pointed right up at his face. And the guy, as it would turn out, has no flesh on his face. He's nothing but a pure skeleton. Terrifying. Jesse's horse actually bucked so high in the air that it threw him off, knocked him out. Oh, and wow. it, he woke up the next day and his, you know, his mother and different family members were gathered around and they were like, hey, what, what happened to you last night? We found you out in front of Old House Woods and your horse, oh, forget about your horse. He took off in the opposite direction. Well, he said, oh my gosh, I, well, I remember there was this strange lantern light and I went to investigate and there was this guy who had no skin on his face and then they, they, they said they finally found the horse and they were trying to get the horse back, and for some reason, the horse would not go near the woods. Hmm. They had to take the horse well around in the other direction to get it back home again. And according to Jesse, until that horse passed away, the horse would never go near the woods after what happened that night. It learned its lesson. I dare say it did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So one thing that really bugs me on a lot of paranormal investigation shows is that witches get blamed for haunting so often. Like, oh, witches had a ritual here and therefore it is a haunting. I know from family experience that Ouija boards can pull in spirits and I know there are witches and other people that draw in spirits, but I just don't like the whole blanket, witch equals hauntings. Why do you think that is? Just misconceptions maybe? Yeah, misunderstanding, misconception, absolutely. And, I mean, not only that, I think it's... We, as people, are just sometimes quick to use something else as a scapegoat, you know, to try and explain something. And I think with, you know, these paranormal TV shows and para-entertainment, as they call it, Mm -hmm. it's... It's an entertainment factor. It's like, oh, okay, if we blame it on witches, then, you know, that'll make our viewers more intrigued by what we're talking about. It's, it's mm -hmm. like a, it's a selling point. Um, and it, it's very annoying. It's very annoying. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not <laughs> the only one. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. So how do you find your ghost tales that you tell from other countries? Is it people or research? How do you find those stories? 
uh, all of the above. Okay. <laughs> to to put it, put it quite plainly, um, for example, I come across a location, and it intrigues me. You know, I I love the history. That you know, there's you know some great urban legends behind it. And, you know, I go okay. Who do I need to talk to to get stories? And I'll start reaching out. You know, like if they have a museum, I'll contact the museum director, and different staff members on site, see if they're willing to chat with me. Then,、mm-hmm. if I strike out there, I go and look for paranormal investigators that have been to these locations and become familiar with the place. I'm actually in talks with a group in England right now. I won't name the location or the group, but I, I'm in I'm in talks with this group who has access to this location from World War II that they've get investigated probably seventy to one hundred times, and they're very much familiar with the history, the spooky happenings, and they have all sorts of evidence that they're willing to share with me to. Put out a great episode about that specific location. Oh, amazing! Yeah, so yeah. I'm very, I'm very, very excited. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your podcast since you mentioned it? Oh, sure. As you said in the beginning, my podcast is called "Hauntingly Yours," a podcast for the paranormal. Some might think it's a mouthful, but it's distinct. I I came up with that name because I feel like the podcast. Just isn't for me. It is for all these spirits who ta-、uh, whose tales that I constantly tell on a regular basis, and it's an opportunity for me to keep their stories and their memories alive.、Mm. This whole thing came to fruition last year when. Pretty much the entire world went into lockdown because of the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah, I had just begun to、um, do tours with a ghost tour company、uh, in Williamsburg, Virginia, and all of a sudden I was being told, "Uh oh,、uh, we can't do tours right now." So I said,、yeah. "Hmm."、Uh, a friend of mine actually suggested doing a podcast, and I said, "You know, that'd be a great way for me to." Keep my storytelling game sharp.、Mm-hmm. So I came up with a name. I sat down, figured out a general idea. I said, "How about I take what I do on tours and do it in a podcast form?" But I, I wanted to be different and not just cover stories in the United States. I wanted to cover locations from all across the world because there are a ton of stories out there. A lot of great history. They they all deserve to be told. Absolutely, I really love that that your whole idea is that you're also telling the stories so that the spirits can can really kind of stay alive. Their stories can stay alive because I feel that same way, and I feel like I have a relationship of a sort with one of the most famous ghosts where I work at the museum where I do ghost tours.、Mm-hmm. He's been there a long time. And I've had this relationship year after year. I tell his story, and I feel that same way. And I, I will even just throughout the year, I'll talk to him in the elevator, and I'll say, "Hey, Bubba,、uh, you know, you're you're famous now. People know all about you. You've got a what? You've got stuff on, 
on the internet and I just talk to him and, and develop that relationship because I feel the same way when I tell his story and when other people come and say, oh yeah, I had an experience too. That just, it really honors him and keeps his story alive. So I love that you feel the same way. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny, um, the the tours that I give in Williamsburg, Virginia, I actually use um, different um, paranormal investigation devices. And mm-hmm. one of them is a SB7 spirit box. And I, I can actively get spirits having conversations with me. And it, it's interesting, sometimes I'll turn it on as I'm about to tell a story because I want to hear what they're saying while I'm uh, telling the story. <laughs> wow, yeah. And, you know, some nights it's, thank you, yes, you're right, you know. <laughs> and... You know, sometimes they'll say, you're a liar. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Wait if, a minute. <laughs> if I'm telling the story wrong, please correct me. Yeah. yeah. I had a really chilling experience when I put an EVP app on my phone. And I just did it for fun because I knew that a phone probably wasn't the best place to put something like that. Because there's just so much that could go crazy wrong with that of people you know, not, not being a a true, you know, (laughs) item. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did it anyway. And I went up there to where we've, we see Bubba and I was talking to him like I usually do. There was all the static on this app on my phone. And just flippantly, I said, I can't hear you. All the static went away and immediately a man's voice said, you're not listening. And the static came back. Mm. Yeah, that was crazy. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like, that's that's a little too close. Bubba, I love you, but that's a little too close for comfort. And I took that off my phone. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> Understandable. You, we've talked a little bit about how how ghosts, you know, get caught here. There's unfinished business, things like that. Are you taking any precautions so that you don't become the next generation of a paranormal investigator's prime haunting? So, several months ago, I did a Reiki healing, and the, mm. the the Reiki master, she was also an empath, and she did a, a reading for me afterwards. She uh, gave me a, some crystals and said, I know you've been chasing after this for a very, very long time, but you really need to protect yourself. And mm. she said... I don't care what you do, use crystals, pray, you know, do some grounding meditations. You really need to do it. And she actually told me that my soul has been tainted by demonic energy. Oh my God. Uh, She said, whatever it is, it's gone. It's not there anymore, but Mm -hmm. the the mark is still there. And if I find myself in a bad situation, something could latch back on. And that sort of, I guess, struck fear in me somewhere. And I, you know, I've been very actively um, wearing, like, black obsidian, definitely doing lots of grounding meditations. And I converse with spirits on the other side regularly. 
Okay. And I noticed before, you know, they were telling me, you're weak, go away. But now it's, you're powerful. We have a strong connection. You know, mm-hmm. they, they realize now that I guess I've come into my own. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've been told that I'm, I'm an empath as well. Um, mm-hmm. Which, which makes sense, given what I know about myself. But I had a medium tell me recently that it's my mission to help spirits in need. Mm. And she said, I'm just starting my spiritual awakening. And that as long as I'm open-minded and protect myself, spirits will come looking for me. Yeah, I firmly believe that. I teach classes and retreats on spiritual gifts, and I teach about that specific gift, which is crossing over departed spirits. And yeah, they will come seek you out. In fact, you'll have to set boundaries and say, okay, I'm sleeping now. I'm not working right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they'll come. Exactly. Yeah. I actually did that back in December for the very first time. I helped eat spirits of um, enslaved African people at a 18th century plantation crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, there were men and women and, you know, they told me their names. They said they were stuck. They couldn't move on. And I, I simply told them what I could try to do for them. You know, and I said, I've got a release prayer that I can say and I don't know what your beliefs are, but listen to the words and when that time comes, move toward the light or move toward the dark and be at peace. And I actually, like I did that, they were talking the whole time, commenting on what I was saying, saying, Mm -hmm. beautiful, thank you, so so nice, beautiful. And at the end, there was just silence. And I said, I said, I don't know if this worked, but <laughs> if there there is anyone else here, can you tell me if they crossed over? And a male answered, they did. Thank you. Hmm. And I said, okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of work is just so meaningful. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes I I think they would call that a psychopomp or. There's other names for it, but it's it's just such meaningful work, and and that's a real a real blessing to be able to have that gift to help people like that. Oh sure, absolutely. I'm an empath as well, so I fill you with all the empath stuff. Okay. Black tourmaline is my crystal. I wear mm-hmm. earrings of that. I, I I tuck it in my bra. I just I put it everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jet is great for that as well, and yeah, I. I do a lot of protection because I go into some pretty intense places too because I'm going in there to remove it and a lot of times it's not you know a spirit that's going to go willingly so I have to go in there you know with my guns blazing basically Mm -hmm. yeah CYA as we say (laughs) (laughs) it has been so good having you here on the show you are a captivating storyteller DC oh well thank you very much is there uh, a one more short tale you can give us before we close up? One more short tale I can give you. Oh, I dare say I probably have something. <laughs> I recall when when I was in high school, my 
mother actually got approached by a friend of hers who was a real estate agent and asked if she'd be interested in clearing out this house for her um, that she needed to fix up. Apparently this couple had lived there since like the 1930s and you know they they just passed away they were in their late 90s and my mom said oh yeah okay I'll just I'll get my son to help me well turned out I would be the one cleaning out the entire house but <laughs> no. that's a different story so I ended up spending two weeks cleaning out this house and you know I go there every day after school and it never quite felt right it was like every time it would get dark and I'm inside the house even with the lights on I could feel the energy change in the house mm. yeah. and the more time I spent there things started happening I'd be upstairs cleaning out a bedroom packing things up I'd hear a car pull into the driveway and then I'd hear footsteps walking up to the door I'd hear keys in the door I'd quickly run over to the bedroom window, I'd look out, there's no car there. Mm. And I'm thinking, okay, so I'd leave the bedroom, I look downstairs, there's no one in the house. I go downstairs to investigate, there's no one there. That type of stuff kept happening over and over again, and it, it got under my skin. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the last days I was there, I was in the pantry, and this pantry very old, um, like 1920s style, atrocious wallpaper. <laughs> and I'm standing here in the middle of this pantry, which was pretty much barely big enough for one person to fit into. It got shelves on all sides, and I'm boxing up all these canned goods. I hear the front door open to the house. I pay it no mind. I'm thinking it's just my mom coming in to check on me and I keep boxing up these goods, I hear footsteps leaving from the front foyer coming to the kitchen. And I'm thinking, all right. And so I say, hey, mom, what's going on? And then all of a sudden I hear, what are you doing here? All the hair shot up on the back of my neck. I went to turn around and look, and then I fell through the floor of the pantry. Oh, my God. I was pretty much under the house now for the most part but I still had my arms above the pantry floor trying to get myself out but I had dislocated both of my shoulders wow and I'm sitting there screaming and yelling at the top of my lungs you know trying to get who I thought was my mom's attention but now I'm going no that's not mom it was a man's voice a man I did not recognize, and I'm trying to look over my shoulder, but I could hear this heavy breathing behind me. It sounded like an older guy who was probably like a smoker or something, just this, (sighs) and I was like, help, help me, come on, help me out of here. I don't care who you are, just get me out. Right. (laughs) And I I stayed there for five minutes, and I kept feeling this, this presence with me, and then all of a sudden I heard the door open going, where are you? Where are you? And I'm like, I'm in the, I'm, I'm in the pantry. I'm in the pantry. Turned out it was the, um, the real estate agent who was just randomly showing up at the right time. And she came in and pulled me out of the floor. Mm. I fully suspect that the, the 
presence that was there with me that caused me to fall through that floor mm -hmm. was more than likely the gentleman who passed away in the house. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, um, he was actually a Nazi um, in oh World War II. Um, I found fl flags all over the bedroom, um, pictures of him in full-on Nazi regalia. Um, wow. So, yeah, I suspect he was probably not much yeah, a pretty there. nasty energy there. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Wow. And were you able to get to, did you need to go to the hospital or something with your arms? So... The real estate agent went to the next door neighbor's house and got him to come over because he was a paramedic, conveniently mm. enough. And he actually popped both of my shoulders back in place. Oh God, that sounds painful. Mm, it was very painful. <laughs> very, very painful indeed. Wow, you have had so many adventures. Do you regret all your adventures do you wish that you'd had a nice quiet spirit free life <laughs> not at all no okay i mean it, it gives me something to talk about <laughs> it's true yeah yeah this and gives you lots of stories yeah stories yeah. are stories are what makes the world go around that's what i think oh sure i i agree with that wholeheartedly well it's been just awesome hearing your stories and your insight about spirits and everything else so again thank you for being here with us dc of course of course anytime i'm always happy to tell a tale or two <laughs> and tell us one more time where we can find your podcast or get a, get in touch with you okay so hauntingly yours a podcast for the paranormal can um actually if you go to my link tree l-i-n-k-t-r period e-e backslash hauntingly yours paranormal that right there will give you all the links for my show um that includes all available platforms um that you can listen to the show on are uh the show's social media pages um facebook Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, TikTok, Clubhouse. I think I've covered them all. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Yes. And season two just started last night. And changing it up a little bit this season, I'm going to continue focusing on historic sites and talking about the history and the ghost stories, of course. But I'm also, in addition to that, researching and talking about different exorcisms from the course mm. of history um mm -hmm. also looking at haunted objects like ouija boards for example and also doing interviews with special guests from the paranormal field amazing so y'all go check them out thank you for being here with us and listening to all these wonderful stories and y'all be blessed Thank you all for listening to Bell Book and Candle. You can follow Mella on Instagram and Facebook at Bell Book Candle SC. That's Bell, B-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. Or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Bell Book Candle.